So today's daf is Ayin uh, Tet in Masechet Pesachim. We are on Ayin uh, Tet Amud Aleph already. We are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight lines from the top of the Amud. We are uh, where it says uh, where it says Bemukdashin Enokin that this is not the same in other korbanot. And the rule that was not the same is that when it comes to korban Pesach, the main thing in korban Pesach is, of course, the meat. The meat of the korban has to be in existence, has to be extant in order for the korban to be valid because the whole purpose of the korban is for the achilah, for the eating of the meat. However, when it comes to korbanot, other kinds of korbanot, as long as there is something of the korban, it could be the chelev, it could be the fat that goes on the mizbeach, it doesn't have to be the meat, it's still going to be kasher, uh, and acceptable, that's, uh, of course, um, according to Rabbi Yoshua, as we're going to see, Matnitin, Mani, who is our Mishnah following Rabbi Yoshua? It's Rabbi Yoshua, because as we saw that according to Rabbi Eliezer, you don't even need the meat or the fat to be around for the Korban to be accepted uh, in general. That's, uh, as long as the blood reaches the Mizbech, that is enough. But it's Rabbi Yoshua, Kolaz Vachinsha, because Rabbi Yoshua said, the time we said in the bright, Rabbi Yoshua, Omer, Kolaz Vachinsha, but Raja Shinshteyman, Kazaid Basar, O Kazaid Chelev, that um, any, uh, any Korban, that is left over, at least a kazayit of meat that is still va- valid, is still good, or a kazayit of chilev that goes on the mizbeach, that goes on the altar, zoriket adam, you can throw the blood, but But if there's only half of a zayit of meat or half of a zayit of chilev, that's not good enough because that means that you can't do either mitzvah. You can't do the mitzvah of putting fats on the altar because there's not a kazayit of that and you can't do the mitzvah of eating a kazayit because there's not a full kazayit of meat for the human eating, the human consumption. So therefore, it doesn't fulfill either requirement. It's not good enough. But when it comes to korban olah, it's different because korban olah, you put everything on the mitzvah. So if you look in that case, since everything goes to the same place, both the fats and the meat go on the mizbech to be burnt. So therefore, um, you can put. This, so therefore, a half of a zayit of fat and a half of a zayit of meat combined together to be one mitzvah. So that's enough. But when it comes to a, a korban shlamim or chatat, where the meat is eaten by people and only the fats go on the altar, so there you can't combine half a zayit of one and half a zayit of the other to make a whole one. Uv mincha. When it comes to a flower offering, um, with a mincha, even though it's all in existence, all the mincha is there, you can't throw the blood. Now, of course, the Gemara asks, mincha, my avita. What are you talking about a mincha? Mincha doesn't have blood. So what, what blood are you throwing of a mincha? It's talking about the mincha, the flower offering that accompanies a korban. So what's the thought? You might have thought that since the minchat nesachim, the nature of a minchat nesachim is that it's an accompanying, it accompanies a, a korban, this flower offering. So you might say that even though the meat of the korban is totally ruined, and even though the fats of the korban are totally ruined, it's, let's say it's a korban olah, but since there's a korban, since there's a flower offering that accompanies it, and that flower offering is there, and that flower offering will be burnt on the altar, a minchat nesachim is burnt completely on the altar, so therefore there's something to burn on the altar, so maybe we can throw the blood by virtue of the mincha. So it says, no, that's not good enough. A mincha doesn't count. It has to be something from the animal to justify uh, completing the avodah. Now, chelev, minalan, how do we know that chelev is good enough? Rabbi Yochanan said the name of Rabbi Yishmael, and some say that it was Rabbi Yoshua ben Hanania, that the pasuk says, it says that uh, you should offer the chelev, you should offer the fats as a pleasant aroma to Hashem, which means that uh, you can have fat 
even though uh, there is no meat, because previously we saw that uh, it only referred to uh, to the meat, to the flesh of the korban, as uh, as being a, a qualifying the um, the korban to be offered, meaning that the that human consumption will be able to be done because there is there is meat of the korban left. But how do we know just chelav from this pasuk? It says even though there is no meat, chelav is enough. So Ashkechan chelav yoteret kleot minala. And how do you know that even if all you have is yoteret kaved, which according to Rashi means the diet of the animal, others say it, other parts, but shtik layot is definitely the kidneys. Minalan, how do you know that even that is enough to justify bringing the korban? Echan rinan the the zarkina, right? So um, so the so the how do you know that midikatani ube mincha? Ah, so the question is, how do you know that even though you have just those parts? In other words, we said that if you have a, chel, a kazayit of chelev or a kazayit of meat, that's enough. What about if all that you have is the kidneys of the animal? And that's what you're going to put on the mizbech. Is that enough? It's not the fat and it's not the meat. It's the inner organs. So it says, because it says at the end, that when it comes to a flower offering, because we can infer it from the fact that it says that a Mincha is not good enough. In other words, if the entire korban, both the meat and the fat, is all invalid and cannot be put on the mizbeach and cannot be eaten, um, and there's neither a kazayit of meat to be eaten nor a kazayit of chelev to be put on the uh, on the uh, on the altar, nor is there any um, nor is there a combination in the case of an olah between meat and fat to put on the mizbeach. All you have is a mincha. We said if all you have is the min- is the flour offering that accompanies the korban, that is not enough to now throw the blood. That will not justify it. But that implies that anything more than that, in other words, anything better than a mincha, would justify throwing the blood, including the kidneys. So therefore, if the kidneys are around or the yoter takavit is around, so you can throw the blood. Now, now it says minalan Rabbi Yochanan. So 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 the question was minalan. Uh, where do we get this? Uh, that that was the so Amar so Rabbi Yochanan didei Amar Amar Galo Echnichach. So the thing is, how do we? So the the point is that we um, that the Mishnah implies this that um, that that a, that anything better than a mincha, meaning even the uh, kidneys and even the inner organs are, are enough to justify bringing the korban. But how do we know that? Minalan, how do we know that? What pasuk? So Rabbi Yochanan said his own pasuk that is anything that you put on the altar. Um, it counts to justify the korban. And you need both psukim. You need the pasuk that says reach nichoch, and you need the one that says chelav. Why the ikat Because if all you knew was chelav, have amina chelav in yoter takavet ushtei akleyot. No, because if you all all you had was the pasuk that said chelav, victor chelav reach nichoch l'shem, you'd think that's all you have, right? Katav achmanah reach nichoch. That's why you need the words reach nichoch. Katav achmanah reach nichoch. Have amina kola olin reach nichoch vafilu mincha. Katav achmanah chelav. So he says you need both of these psukim. You need the pasuk that mentions chelav, and you need the because if you just had chelev, then you would think that that excludes the kidneys or the diaphragm from the calculation. And if they are the kazayit that is left, that won't be good enough. On the other hand, if you just said the reach nichoch, anything that goes on the mizbech, the reach nichoch counts to justify bringing the korban, then you would think that that includes even the mincha that accompanies the korban. And that even if the entire animal was pasul for bringing on the altar, but the mincha was there, that would be enough to justify bringing the korban. And the answer is no, that doesn't work. And so therefore you need two psukim um, to... Uh, uh, the pasuk that Rabbi Yochanan brought, and also the pasuk that was brought before in the name of Rabbi Yoshua ben Hanania or in the name of Rabbi Ishmael, to justify both. In other words, you need both parts of that pasuk. That um, it needs to emphasize that it has that it has to be a part of the animal, but it could be any part of the animal, including the kidneys, um, as long as there's something. Now the Mishnah says If the majority of the com- if the community, the entire community, or the majority was tamei. Um, 
or if the Kohanim were all Tameim, Vakal Torim, but they, even if the community was Tahor, but the, but the Kohanim were all Tameim. So then what happens? So, um, so then Yasu Betum'ah, so they can bring the Korban Pesach Betum'ah. Nitma mi'utakal, what if only a minority of the community is Tameim? So then, Atorino Sinatarishon, Vatmino Sinatashini. So in that type of situation, if the majority is Tahor and only a minority is Tameim, that's when you have Pesach Sheni, basically. Pesach Sheni is for when it's a minority. If the majority of the community is Tameim, then everybody does it on Pesach Rishon. If the entire community was Tamei, but the Kohanim and the vessels of the Beit HaMikdash were Tahor, or if the people were Tahor, but the Kohanim and the vessels were Tamei, even if, even if the Jewish people and the Kohanim were all Tahor, but but all of the Kelim were Tamei, and there was no way to go about it, so they can bring it because we don't make any distinction in this when it comes to a communal korban. Once we say that the uh, the korban is going to be brought bitumah, and, uh, and and we we say that for everybody. We don't say, well, the Tahor people, the minority of Tahor people, have to find the uh, have to do it bitarah, or the minority of the Kohanim that are Tahorim, they have to do it bitarah. We say once it's going to be that that tumah is allowed, tumah is allowed, and that's it. Now, this is only true if the knife was tamei from a tmemet. That it makes the person tamei. And what he means is like this, that normally kelim cannot make people tamei. Normally foods cannot make people tamei. What can make people tamei? Only an av or above. Now normally an av is the source of tumah. So what kind of a vessel would be a pro... No vessel can really make a person tamei unless it's a metal vessel that had contact with a person who had contact with the dead or with the dead body itself. Why? Because in that case, we have a pasuk of Bechalal Cherev, uh, which tells you that if a metal uh, utensil of some sort has contact with any type of tumatmet, instead of lowering a notch from Ava Tumat down or from Avi Avot Tumat down, it stays at the same level of the original source. So he's saying if the knife touched somebody who had touched a dead body, so the person who touched a dead body is an Ava because the body is Avi This knife was handled by somebody who just came back from uh, a funeral and, and, was a, and was an Avatumba. Now the knife will also be an Avatumba and therefore can make the Kohen Tamei. So Rav Chista says, in that case, we say that the Kelim being Tamei makes everything Tamei because the person will become Tamei. The Kohen is going to become Tamei from doing the Avodah with such Kelim. Because when he's actually doing the Avodah, he's doing it in a state of Tumah with his body. In other words, the Kohanim are going to become Tamei from the Kelim. Rav Chistah's point is that it's not the Kelim that are the issue here. It's not that the meat will become Tamei from the Kelim Tameim because that goes without saying. Kelim that are Tamei are going to make the food that they touch Tamei. What we're talking about here is that that the person became Tamei, the Kohen himself became Tamei from the knife, and therefore he's doing the Avodah in a state of Tum'ah, and Aval Nitma Sakin Betumat Sheretz, but if the, if the Kelim, if these vessels became Tamei from some other kind of Tum'ah, the Basaru de Mitamyale, that all that's going to happen here is that the Korban will become Tamei, but the people will not become Tamei from it. So, Taurin Avit, Mein Lo Avit, Muta V'yachel Betumat Basar Belav, V'yachel Basar Betumat Aguf, Shu Bekaret, because in that case, because there's two things involved in, there are two different prohibitions here, or three really. One is to go into the Bet HaMikdash or to do the Avodah in a state of Tum'ah is an Yisrael Karet. 
that you get karet for. To eat a korban when you are in a state of tum'ah, you also get karet for that. But to eat a korban that is tamay, that's only a lotase. That is a lav in the Torah. It's a lotase. It is not an isur karet. So he's saying if the only thing that would happen here is that the korban would become tamay, so then you should really avoid that because, um, because that, that doesn't justify everybody who is tamay now partaking of the korban. That only justifies us to eat the korban that is tamay. It doesn't justify tamay people eating the korban. So that's what he's saying. So in other words, in a situation where the kohanim are tamayim, so there's already an isur karet that's being pushed off, which is they're doing an avodah in the state of Tum'ah. So there we could say that also the person who is Tamei can eat it because he's also doing his part in the state of Tum'ah. But where the Kohanim would be Torim, and only the meat of the Korban will become Tamei as a result of the fact that it's touching Kelim Tameim, but the Kohen himself, because of the level of Tum'ah of the vessel, he's not going to become Tamei. Only the meat is going to become Tamei. So therefore, um, only the meat will be Tamei. And that's a lower level kind of a prohibition. So really we should only allow people who are Taor to eat the meat, even though it's also a prohibition to eat meat, uh, meat of a Korban that became Tamei. And in this case, it was inevitable. We had, we had no way to avoid it, that the meat was going to become tamay. But the, um, but the people should eat that meat. Um, the people who eat it should be tahor. So they're not violating the prohibition of eating a korban when they are tamay. They're only violating the prohibition of eating a korban where the, where the meat is tamay, which is a lesser violation. So that's what Rav Chista's distinction is. He's saying that only when the kohanim were actually tamay in doing the avodah are the people who are tamay allowed to eat from the korban in the state of Tum'ah. But if the Kohanim did not become Tamei from doing the Avodah and it's only the meat that's Tamei, so then people have to still be Tahor to eat it. So Alma, which means that Tum'ah is pushed off for the communal korban. It is not canceled. We don't say it doesn't exist. We try to minimize and mitigate the Tum'ah as much as possible. So in this case, since there's a lesser violation we could do, which is have Tahor people eat the Tamei meat, that's better than saying just let everybody eat it. Because then people who are Tamei betumah taguf, that they, they themselves are Tamei are eating it, that is a worse violation. And we don't have to violate that in this case because the Kohanim were able to do the Avodah without themselves being Tamei. So the person who eats it should have that too. Similarly, we say that Rav Yitzchak said that Tumah is pushed off. It is not canceled into oblivion. So therefore, we try to minimize the amount of violation. He said, In this case, even though you're using Kelim that are Tamei, and it's going to make this, or I should say, we, we, Rav Chizah was saying, even though you're using kelim that, is, that are tamay, the kohanim who do the avodah, since they can stay tahor, and the people who eat it, since they can stay tahor, they should not violate the rule of um, tamay people eating the korban or tamay people doing the avodah. But Rav says, no, that's not true. Once the kelim are tamay and the meat is going to be tamay automatically, the kohanim could also do it in a state of tumah. And people could also eat it in a state of tumah. Why? Because my because it says that meat that touches any source of tumah should not be eaten should be burned. And when it comes to the meat of korbanot, anybody who is tahor, anybody who is pure should eat it, meaning only a person who is pure should eat it. So he says that the beginning of this pasuk and the latter half of the pasuk are connected to each other. Any case where we're not applying the rule that, that a korban that is tamay is not eaten, right? So we don't apply the rule that, that, that the meat has to be eaten by a Tahor person. Right? So in any case where we say 
where we do apply the pasuk v'abasar shegavuchol tamei lo yachel. So then we also say v'abasar kol tamei yochal basar. In other words, what he's saying is that the whole thing comes as one package. We don't distinguish. But once we are breaking the rule of tumah with regard to the meat, that the meat is tamei, we can also break the rule of tumah that the people eating it and the people doing the service can be tamei as well. So he says the only, the only time we hold on to the idea that a person has to be tahor to eat the korban or to officiate the korban is when the meat is going to be tahor. But when the meat is not going to be tahor anyway, we don't hold on to the concept that the person eating it has to be tahor either because the pasuk connects these two ideas that meat of a korban that becomes tamay should not be eaten and that a person who eats it normally should be tahor. So since we're waiving the requirement that the meat has to be tahor for the sake of korban Pesach in this case when, it's, when there's no way to do it without that because all the kelim are tamay so we're also going to say that people eating it are allowed to be tamay as well. He says it goes together. Now we come to another question. We know that when the majority of the community is Tahor and a minority is Tamei, so the minority wait till Pesach Sheni. Everybody else does Pesach Rishon. When the majority are Tamei and the minority are Tahorim, so then we say that the, since the majority are Tamei, we just waive the requirement of Tum'ah, of, of Tara. We, we waive the requirement of it being pure and we allow everyone to do it on Pesach Rishon. But what happens if it's 50-50? Right? They were half and half. So Rav says that half and half is like the majority. Okay? So meaning to say that when you have 50-50, so it's the majority. So, um, and Rav Kana says, no, half and half is not a majority. So Rav so, so Rav, Rav has a very interesting idea. He says, since you have 50-50, what does that mean? It's like the majority is Tahor and also the majority is Tamei. So what comes out from that? So since the majority is Tahor, because 50%, so they have to do their Korban Pesach in a state of Tara. But since 50% are Tamei, and normally the majority of the community being Tamei overrides the rules of Tuba'ah, so that 50% is also allowed to bring the Korban Pesach, but they can do it B'Tum'ah. He says you can have simultaneously Pesach being brought B'Tara, Pesach being brought B'Tum'ah, because both halves are considered a majority. Neither one cancels out the other. So Rav Kana says, no, it doesn't work like that. 50-50 means that there's not a majority of Tamei people. And since there's not a majority of Tamei people, we still need to hold by the principle that 50%, that, uh, that since the majority are Tahor, we do it bitara, and the people who are left out will have to do Pesach Sheni. The people who are Tameim have to do Pesach Sheni. In other words, basically the, the question is, what is the rule, is the rule that a minority has to be Tamei in order for them to be pushed off to Pesach Sheni? Or a majority has to be tahor in order for the for there to be a deferral to pesach sheni. That's sort of like the the or or I should say that yeah that that a majority needs to be tamei for them to to do the pesach betumah. Rav Kana is saying the majority a majority meaning fifty one percent has to be tamei for them to do a pesach betumah. And since you don't have that here, they're considered a minority. They're not the majority because they're only fifty percent. And on the other, uh, so in order to override the rules of tumah, you can't do it. According to Rav, no, as long as they're not a minority because they're fifty percent, that means that they can bring it. So that's the argument between them. That's the first version. But then there's a second version. That Rav Kana had an even more uh, bold statement. He said that 50-50 is not considered a majority, but that means that the 50% that are Tahor bring the Quran Pesach. And, and what happens to the other half? So then Utmein, we turn to Amud Bet, they can't do any Korban Pesach. Why? Because they can't do the first one. 
Because uh, Barishon lo avdi de la Havurubah. They weren't the majority on the first Pesach, so therefore the fact that they are Tamei prohibits them from doing it. And Besheni lo avdi de la Havurubah. And they can't do the Pesach Sheni because you have to be a minority to be the minority of the community in order to do Pesach Sheni. So it's ironic. He's sort of like grabbing, as they say, he's, um, he's grabbing the rope on both ends because he's saying that on one hand, they're not a majority, so they don't override the rules of Tum'ah. On the other hand, they're not a minority either, so they can't get Pesach Sheni. So according to this version of Rav Kana, they don't get pushed off the Pesach Sheni, they don't do Pesach at all when it's 50-50 even. Okay, so now they're going to try to prove one way or another. It's not. We learned in the Mishnah, this is our Mishnah, right? We learned that if, they, if the community became Tamei, oh, bo, or the majority, so it says if the majority was Tamei, so then we, um, we do the Korban Pesach Betum'ah. That implies that only if it's the majority of Al-Palga, Al-Palga, Al-Avdei. So that shows you that if it's 50-50, we don't do the Pesach Sheni Betum'ah because 50-50. It says Rubo, it has to be the majority. So Kashel Rav, that's a problem for Rav. Because Rav said that if it's 50-50, they can do the Pesach Betum'ah. The half that is Tamei will do it Betum'ah. The half that's the whole will do Betum'ah. Hamalach Rav, Rav will tell you, no, Ruba Avdei Kulu Betum'ah. That what it means is that if the majority of the community, 51% and up, is Tamei, then everybody does it Betumah. I'm not saying that 50-50 is the same as majority. I'm saying that if the majority, meaning 51%, so then everybody can do it Betumah. If it's 50-50 even, then half do it Betumah and half do it Betumah. And that makes the most sense here. Because what does it say at the end of the Mishnah? Because at the end of the Mishnah it says that if the, a minority of the community, meaning 49% and below, is, ta, is, uh, is Tamei, so then the people who are pure do Pesach Rishon, the people that are, that are Tamei will do Pesach Sheni, which means that only the people who are, uh, who are when it's a minority, do Pesach Sheni. But when it's 50 50, they don't do Pesach Sheni, and they can do it in the first. Each side can do their own. In other words, when it's 50 50, the people who are Tahor will do Pesach Rishon, the people Tamei will do Pesach, will do, I'm sorry, everyone will do Pesach Rishon, the people who are Tahor will do it Betara, the people who are, who are Tamei will do it Betumah. So he's saying you can, inf- you, can, you can interpret the Mishnah to fit my idea. My idea is that only if they're a minority are they pushed off to Pesach Sheni, but if they are, um, even if it's 50 50, they also do Pesach Rishon Betumah. So according to Rav, you have two simultaneous Pesach Rishon's going on, one bitumah, one bitara. Now, so now once we have that, it's difficult for Avkana. What's Avkana going to do? Because Avkana was saying that if it's 50-50, so then, uh, the, the, you know, then you have a, um, then, the, then since they are not considered to be a majority, they're going to be pushed off to, at least according to the first version, going to be pushed off until Pesach Sheni, whereas in our Mishnah it says, Mi'ut is pushed off to Pesach Sheni, which means less than 50%. So, He said, no, what it means is that if a minority of the community is, uh, is Tamei, so then we have that the people who are Tahor do Pesach Rishon and the people who are Tamei do Pesach Sheni. Right. So this is according to the second version. What it means is that only if the minority are Tamei, they uh, do Pesach Sheni. But if it's 50-50 even, if it's exactly 50-50, so then um, nobody, they don't do Pesach Rishon and they don't do Pesach Sheni. They're not going to do Pesach Rishon because they are uh, not the minority. 
Uh, I'm sorry, because they're not the majority, so the Tamei people cannot uh, override the rules of Tum'ah, and they're not going to do Pesach Shani because they were not the minority either, according to the second version. You can learn that according to the second language of Ravkana. But what about the first version? But according to the first version that he said, that, the, the, that when it's 50-50, the Tamei people do Pesach Shani, so how is he going to explain the Mishnah? The Mishnah said that only a Mi'ut does Pesach Shani, and this is not a Mi'ut, this is 50-50. In the first version, he will answer you that really 50 50 and a minority is the same. Really, it's not being literal. You're being too literal. 50 50, I'm saying, means they're still considered a minority because they aren't a majority. Anything less than a majority is considered a minority, according to the first version, and therefore would be pushed off the Pesach Sheni, even though they're 50%. According to the second version, 50% is caught in the middle. It's neither a majority nor a minority, and it gets stuck and it loses Pesach for that year altogether. Now, they are bright tot that support all three of these interpretations. Here's a bite that supports Rav. It said that if it's a 50-50 situation, 50% Tahor, 50% Tamei, the Tamei people do their own and the Tahor people do their own. There's a a brighter that supports Rav Kana's first version, that one says that if it's 50-50, the people who are Tahor do Pesach Rishon, and the people who are Tamei do Pesach Sheni. And then, and then there's a version that support, there's a brighter that supports the latter version of Rav Kana that they don't do anything. Right, so according to that brighter that supports Rav Kana's Third, a second version that when you have a 50-50 situation the 50% that are Tamei don't do Pesach Rishon and they don't do Pesach Sheni either because they don't fit into either category now the thing is that um, how do the um, how do these different interpretations uh, account for the Braitot that that contradict them because you can find the brighter that supports the three opinions, but what will the what will each opinion do with the two brightot that don't fit with its theory? So the Rav according to Rav, who says that when the, it's fifty fifty. Everyone does Pesach Rishon. And according to the latter version of Rav Kahana, that, that when it's 50-50, the people who are Tamei do nothing. So how will they explain the Brita that says that the Tahor people do Pesach Rishon and the Tamei people do Pesach Sheni? Because according to the second version of Rav Kahana, the, the Tamei people should do nothing. And according to Rav, the Tamei people do it at their own Pesach Sheni Betum'ah, just as the uh, Tahor people are doing it Betum'ah. So how will they explain this brighter that says that no, the people, the 50% that are Tamei do Pesach Sheni. We're talking about a case where it's 50-50, but who is counted among the Tamei people? The women also. And, and this opinion holds that women, the, the Koban Pesach is Rishut for women. It is optional for women. So therefore, what do we do? Dal nashim mitme'in if we subtract the women from the count of the Tamei people then what will happen is it will be only 40, 40% or whatever or, or 25% uh, Tamei'in because they, they will take away um, the, the women from the count and then umiyuta. Right, so that then, so in other words, that's talking about a case where women are being counted in the 50-50 and because women are being counted in the 50-50, so it's, it's still considered a minority because they're only optionally 
uh, involved in Korban Pesach according to that version, and therefore the minority is going to be pushed to Pesach Shini. However, right, according to the first version of Rav Kana, which actually fits with his second version. So how does the first version of Rav Kana that says that when it's 50-50, they should be pushed off to Pesach Shini, how will it explain the Brayta that says that the, that the people who are Tamei don't do either one? It fits with the second version, but how will it fit with this first version? All right, so he says, Rav so Rav can explain it easily, right? Because the, the, the language is because Rav, we have to explain it. We have to explain it according to both. So according to the to Rav, it's easy. We're going to use the same concept that the 50-50, the women are counted towards the Tahor side. And that bright holds that women are obligated in Pesach Rishon, which Uvashini Rishut. And they're only, it's only optional for them to do Pesach Sheni if they missed the first one. So Barishon, Lo Avdei, Da Havelei, Mi'ut, Umi'uta, Lo Avdei, Barishon. So, so since the women are obligated in the first Korban Pesach and they're counted towards the Torim, so that means that there is a, uh, there's a, there is considered to be a full 50% of, um, of people who are, uh, are, are Tahor on the, uh, on the first Pesach and therefore they, they, the, they can't override the rule of Tum'ah. Ubasheni, but, and, and in the second Pesach, um, what will happen there? Um, because we have to subtract the women from the count when it comes to Pesach Sheni. In other words, according to him, the way that it works is a little, according to both of them, it's going to be a little convoluted. But the way that he's saying is like this, that when it comes to Pesach Rishon, why can't we override the rules of Tum'ah? Because there we have a 50-50 situation where the, uh, where the women are, um, are the Torim and the, uh, and the, uh, and the, uh, and they count towards, there's, there's, let's say 60%, if you count the women, there's, there's actually a majority of people who are Torim if you, care, if you count the women. It's not exactly 50-50 because it's actually more because the women count towards the half that is Tahor. So for Pesach Rishon, you can't override the rules of Tumah because women who are equally obligated according to this are, uh, are Torim and they're counted towards the Torim and therefore the number of Torim is actually more than 50%. But then when you're calculating Pesach Sheni, what will happen is that it's, it'll be 50-50 because since women are not obligated to bring Pesach Sheni if they miss Pesach Rishon, so what ends up happening is that it's a 50-50, it turns out to be a 50-50 calculation when determining um, the number of people who would have to do Pesach Sheni because you subtract the women from the calculation and once you subtract the women from the calculation you end up with a 50-50 number and that's why they would be exempt. It will end up being exempt from the first Pesach because there was more than 50% of Torim and they will end up being exempt from the second Pesach because there's a 50-50 of uh, Tameim and therefore they will not uh, they will not bring Pesach Sheni. Now, what about what about Rav Kana? So uh, Rav Kana is going to have to explain. But according to Rav Kana, who says that if it's fifty fifty, they would do Pesach Sheni. So what's the problem? So so same case that it's fifty fifty, but women are on the side of the Tahor. But this time it's not odfot alatorin. It's not that they make it more than. 50%, it's that they make it exactly 50%. And they count towards that 50%. And, and they're only 
optional to do Pesach Sheni. So, so what happens then? According to Rav Kana, if it's 50-50 even, you don't override the rules of Tum'ah, you push the people who are Tamei off to the second Pesach. So then what ends up happening is, that it, because of the mathematics here, so in the first Pesach, it was 50-50, including women. And therefore, since, the, since there was not a majority of people who were Tamei, we can't override the rules of Tum'ah. So we just do it B'tara for the 50% who are Tehorim. When we come to Pesach Sheni, we don't count the women because the women are optional in Pesach Sheni. And then all of a sudden it gets skewed and the majority are actually Tamei. The majority of the community is obligated in Pesach Sheni. And if the majority of the community is obligated in Pesach Sheni, so then they don't bring Pesach Sheni because it's only done for a minority because we're changing the mathematical calculation for Pesach Sheni over Pesach Rishon. Now, Rav Kana HaDetanya, HaResha Yisrael Mechetzat Torinu Mechetzat Tamei, Nalalo Osin Latzman, Nalalo Osin Latzman, Hechi Mitaritzla. So we understand that according to, uh, according to Ra- Rav, there is such a case where half the people bring it betumah and half the people bring it betarah, where it's 50-50. But there's no such case for Rav Kana. So what does he do with that b'raita? So, he's going to have to say that it's a machloket tanaim. Even he's going to have to agree that there's a machloket tanaim here. He's not going to be able to get around that because that b'raita that says that in the first Pesach, if it's a 50-50, that half of the people do it betarah and half of the people do it betumah, he doesn't recognize that case at all. So he's not going to be able to explain that case in any way in terms of his framework. He's going to have to say it's a machloket tanaim. Rav is saying he's following one view, uh, the view that that concept is possible. And Rav Kana is saying I'm following the view that that concept is not possible. You can't have both a Pesach betumah and a Pesach betarah going on at the same time. It's either one way or the other. But the way that they've solved the other braytot is by making reference to the fact that the obligation, not the, the obligation of every person is not necessarily the same. So uh, what's considered to be a majority for Pesach Rishon could end up not being counted as a majority when you come to Pesach Sheni and uh, what's considered a minority for Pesach Rishon might not be considered a, a minority for Pesach Sheni if some people are obligated only in Pesach Rishon and not in Pesach Sheni or for some people it's voluntary in both cases so then you won't end up having um, the, the, the calculation will not work out um, uh, you know it will not work out evenly and you can have a situation where people are uh, where, where the, the calculation and the, the determination of obligation for majority and minority will change from Pesach Rishon to Pesach Sheni but Bezvar Hashem that's what we'll conclude for today and I, I'm sure we'll be able to gather tomorrow in person so Bezvar Hashem we'll see everybody then have a great day